Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young business leaders, welcome to the YBT Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yutaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 96. I'm really excited today to bring to you a local Tulsa, Oklahoma guy, uh, Joel Coggins. Uh, Joel is a guy who's out uh, in the community, absolutely crushing it, and uh, caught my attention through uh, some of my circle of friends, and so I wanted to kind of get to know him a little bit better and share kind of his story with the audience. Uh, For those of you who don't know Joel, Joel Coggins is an entrepreneur and business owner of Joel Coggins Construction, Future Holdings LLC, Marie Inc. LLC, and Legacy Builders. These companies keep them busy around the Tulsa area, remodeling and making the old new again, especially in the revitalized districts. Then he decided to open Broken Arrow Battle Axe, Oklahoma's largest axe-throwing facility. Joel says his greatest accomplishment is being around the right people. He wants to be strong, grateful, and giving in his values. He says that I always want to give the customer more value than I take in cash value. He is constantly reading, learning, and sharing ideas with others to get him to the next level. He has now lived in Oklahoma longer than anyone else and and resides in Bixby with his wife and two kids. So, Joel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to join uh, join us and speak with our audience. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, If you can, uh, because I know that... Uh, I named a lot of businesses there. The construction side of it's pretty straightforward, but uh, I think a lot of people probably know you right now from the Broken Arrow Battle Act. So can you tell everybody a little bit about what that is and why you decided to, to open that business? Yeah, Broken Arrow Battle Axe um, is is really, it is what it is. It's, it's, an, it's a facility where you go and throw axes. So it's very similar to like darts and bowling. So, mm-hmm. you know, at a bowling alley, you go, you pay for your shoes and you're laying and you go with your buddies and you and you bowl. Same concept, except you're paying for an hour of time and you're throwing axes. Mm-hmm. And we've got target set up. We have nine lanes, um, and we've got several games that we've that we've uh, created, and then just you know, like everybody else, stole off the internet. Mm-hmm. So um, you can come, show up with, bring your friends, and you can have a competition. And uh, we don't serve any alcohol or food or drinks, but we encourage people to bring whatever they want and just have a good time. That's awesome. It's a great concept, uh, and it sounds like you're kind of a serial entrepreneur, if you will. I mean, you already got four other different companies going on here. What made you decide to just keep going with it? Man, I don't know. I just, uh, I just want more. Yeah. I mean, I just want to do more. Um, I don't know that there's any one real reason. I, I've really never wanted to be a business owner. I mean, I grew up in a construction family. I worked for my dad for a long time. Um, and then I, I got in a little bit of trouble and he said, Hey, you, you know, you can't work for me anymore. And so I was forced to go out on my own in the real world. And, um, I learned a lot really yeah. quick. You know, when you've got a, when you're the end all be all, you, you've got to get your act straight. And I just decided that I needed, I, I needed a better life. Mm-hmm. And so I just went out and started creating one. So that's where the construction side of it started out. Yeah. 
I think that's really an interesting point to kind of realize that at some level that you become responsible for yourself. Normally, we uh, kind of go through life, and especially when you're a kid, you're going through and everything's provided for you, everything's taken care of for you. So if I understand correctly, your dad actually fired you, which was probably... Yeah. no, that's exactly what he did. Which was probably a really... Was it tough on you at the time, or were you, were you just kind of like, I'm just going to move on from here and, uh, and prove him wrong? Because you can respond different ways to that, right? It's fun. It's funny. I had a staff meeting this morning, and I was talking to one of my employees, and I said, "Look, uh, you know, this isn't a disrespectful comment, but I want to be a better husband than my my dad was. Mm-hmm. I want to be a better father than my dad was, and I want to be a a better business owner than my dad was. And and I'm not saying that like he was a horrible person. I'm just saying that he taught me everything he knew, and I want to take it and go to the next level. Why stop learning? Mm-hmm. Why not be a better version of all this stuff?" He gave me a great platform, and I just want to excel from there. You know, uh, when you're talking about that, you're almost talk, talking about how right, like right now we have the opportunity to stand on the shoulders of giants, of uh, the people that have laid the foundation before us, and we can either try to figure it out on our own, or we can actually, like you said, continue learning, continue to develop yourself, and take it to that next level. Um, I think that that's great that you uh, you take some of the principles and the success that he's had in his business. But you've obviously had to reach and expand that to kind of take that to the next level. So what are some of the things that you've done in your life and in your businesses to really expand that knowledge and challenge yourself to keep striving uh, to continue to learn? Um, man, that's a, that's a good question. I uh, l- Let me go back just a little bit to when I worked for my dad. I, I worked for him for eight years framing houses mm-hmm. and doing high-end remodels in the Tulsa area. And um, I... Dr- I I wouldn't. I drank and partied like any twenty. What's the legal age? Twenty one. Twenty one. <laughs> twenty one to. I basically drank and partied from about eighteen years old to twenty five. Mm-hmm. Every day, just go to work, get done with work, get beer, get drunk, go to work the next day. Just did it repeated over and over. And every single day when I came into the office, my dad would say to me, and I actually have it on my quote wall here. He yeah. says. You, he would say, you can't change what you can tolerate. And I never knew what he was talking about, mm-hmm. mainly because I was hungover every day. But one day it clicked. You can't change what you can tolerate. Well, I couldn't tolerate myself anymore. Like, you know, everything in my life was falling apart. So once I once I clued into what he was really saying, mm-hmm. then it started, I started this change of, man, I've got to, I've got to be a better me. I, I've got, you know, I excelled relatively quick in the uh in the industry as far as you can when i was 18 you know i worked for my dad every summer that i can remember in my memory so when i wanted to i knew i was going to be turning 16 i wanted a truck so i was like man i need to go to work for my dad in the summer so you know summer of 14 i worked i saved my money summer of 15 years old i worked summer of 16 i worked i made money i saved it and i bought my first truck Mm -hmm. And then I realized, like, hey, man, I, I just got to, I'm just going to keep working. So by the time I was 18, 19, 20 and working for my dad, I was already, you know, down this road of becoming a, a framer or a remodeler or a, I wouldn't say business owner because I never thought about it, but like I just excelled at in the industry. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon it was, he as the company grew and I got older, he was hiring all these guys that had all this experience. And I was just so much, uh, more efficient at what we did, and I'm like, why? I, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm I'm a kid. Like, why? Why do these guys not know what they're doing? Mm-hmm. And I just learned, like, hey, I I got a really talent for this. So, 
I went to work for another company after my dad fired me. And they said, well, what do you do? I was like, well, I, I, I framed houses for 10 years. Well, well, this is metal studs. So we're going to count your experience as zero mm -hmm. and start you at the bottom of the pay scale. Okay, great. I needed a job. Mm -hmm. Two months, I was the second highest paid employee they had. Wow. Because my skill set rolled into this other this this residential skill set uh, uh, just kind of flowed into this commercial mm -hmm. and so what I didn't know no one would teach me and so I would go onto these job sites and I was the new guy and they would you know no one would just say like oh yeah hey you got to do this this and this they would just be like well you don't know what you're doing go sweep <laughs> well I knew what I was doing I just didn't know what they were doing right so since no one would help me I went to back then uh, Barnes and Nobles mm -hmm. and I just found out if there was any books on drywall or books on commercial framing and there were there was two and so I sat and I read them mm -hmm. and then I went back the next week and I knew the questions that I was asking these guys that they would never tell me the answers to so then I started to excel in that company mm -hmm. and then they split and I went out on my own in 09 wow so it was a really long answer to the question but what I'm what I want to do is I continually want to educate myself because there's just a little bit more. I can just learn a little bit more. Well, I think there's there's kind of two things that I can unpack from that. First of all, you had a goal pretty much in, in every instance. The first one was like a truck. It started out basic, just right. absolute necessity. But then as you kind of progressed with that, I think the goal became a drive. And it was this, this force inside of you that says, I want to continue to do this because I don't want to be sitting around sweeping. I want to actually have something that I can do that I can be proud of. And I think at some point the monetary success started to kick in. I mean, within two months, if you're really uh, achieving that level of income that quickly, the the old uh, brain's going to start clicking going, well, if I can do this in two months, what can I do in a year? What can I right. do in five years? What can I do in eight years? To the point where that uh, that, that business side came into the, to where it – was it one of those things where it's like you're so – you kind of have a good understanding of everything that's going on. The burden of proof became, why am I not just doing this business on my own? No, I don't think it did. So it, basically, like my whole, you know, I went to work for my dad in 97. So from about 97 till 2000 and six, mm -hmm. 2007, 2008, somewhere in there, I would hear all the time, man, you're really good at this. Why don't you have your own business? Mm -hmm. Well, I was like 25 yeah. years old. I was 26. I like I didn't care about business. I cared about, you know, going to the lake on Saturday, mm -hmm. drinking beer, hanging out, partying, and I never thought about owning a business. Mm -hmm. Well, um, December uh, 9th, 2004, uh, I missed the first day of work ever mm -hmm. as working for my parents because I was drunk mm -hmm. um i had had some had an issue on wednesday night and uh, drank all day drank all night thursday and basically passed out missed an entire day my mom came woke me up at five o'clock on friday which mm -hmm. was december 9th crying she said hey you're an alcoholic and i said i'm not an alcoholic like i just i just drink and party with all my friends mm -hmm. she said no yeah you're an alcoholic and i said i'll prove it to you i'll never drink again mm-hmm and I've never drank since December 9th, 2004. Mm. And now I could probably drink, have a beer, but I don't want to. Like it's out of it's not out of spite, but it's out of spite. Like I have to prove a point mm -hmm. because she said I'm an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I just got in trouble every time I drink. Yeah. 
whether it, whether I was or wasn't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying I decided I'm not going to be an alcoholic. I'm not going to be a drunk, and I changed. So it's really easy for me just to say, hey, what do you want? Oh, you want to open Broken Arrow Battle Axe? Well, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you we talked about the beginning, but what happened is my wife uh, turned 39. I turned 39 in March. Mm-hmm. She said, hey, let's go do something fun we've never done before. I said, all right. So we got some friends together. We went to uh, Angry Axe in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Man, the place is awesome. Yeah. You know, we pulled up. Very cool. I think it's on uh, First and Admiral, First and Peoria area. Uh, it's in an old building. Very cool. They were great hosts. We went in. We threw axes. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Well, Broken Arrow needs something like that. So yeah. I, we came to work Monday morning. And uh, I had all my guys here. I said, has anybody ever heard of this? And they're like, no. So I threw it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We watched the Angry X. He's got a YouTube. He's got some stuff. We watched it. I'm like, dude, this is really fun. I did this Saturday night. I said, everybody, I need two of you. We're going to build We're gonna build one here in the office, which mm-hmm. you can see. It's right here. Yeah. Um, so, we, I, so then I just spent the whole afternoon researching axe throwing. And there are thousands of videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I watched them all. I saw how they built all their facilities. I was at the one on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I built four lanes by 10 o'clock, and we started throwing axes. <laughs> so um, Construction just, background helped on that a little well, bit. Well, yeah, yeah, sure it did. <laughs> I had some spare time. And I had, like, everything that we had, we had here. Like, I didn't yeah. have to go get anything. Yeah. Um, so we put it in this man cave that I've got here, and I had extra parts and pieces from all the bars and restaurants and stuff that we've built over the years so we fabricated this uh axe throwing these lanes and i started facebooking it and instagram i started a broken arrow battle axe i made a video just goofing off you know people call me the bearded builder i did not coin myself that uh one of my customers did about eight years ago Mm -hmm. so i took a axe i was fake shaving i said hey book a party broken arrow battle axe i threw it it's stuck in the bullseye I started laughing, and that was basically the dawn of Broken Arrow Battle Axe. Wow. And that was Monday at, like, 2 o'clock. We had already we had people already commenting and coming over to see it. Mm. So Monday, March 12th, on that Friday, I had already people paying to come throw axes. Wow. And we outgrew this. We had four lanes here, and it just took off so fast. I was like, all right. Let's go put it in the building around the corner. So I built Oklahoma's largest axe throwing facility because I don't I don't know why I just had to. Yeah. Like it's just too easy and too much fun not to do it. Yeah. All I can think about in my mind is so I'm, my personality type is I'm more of like a calculated decision maker. So I'm going to be looking at like financials and and gauge the market and and do all these other things, and then I meet somebody like you who's just more like bold and impulsive, but it's almost like you, for you, it's you have this drive and you have this desire to prove a point or to just create something that you kind of throw some of that basic, like that over analysis out the window and just say, let's just see if it works. And I think that a lot of times, like when you have leaders and entrepreneurs, it's good to have that balance of both because you need to have that person that's going to kind of look at the liability side and the financial side and all that other stuff. But if that guy's in charge, nothing will ever happen because they're always going to be overanalyzing everything. And I think it was the creator of uh, LinkedIn that says you need to take imperfect action. You're never going to have it exactly how you want it. So just go ahead and launch it and then you can make adjustments as you go. Uh, and the market will determine it for you. But I think a lot of times people deal with that that fear of failure, that fear of uh, not 
not being able to make it a success right away. And I feel like when I'm talking with you, that those thoughts don't cross your mind as much because you're just out there just just well, hustling sure, and moving. I mean, sure they do. They cross. I, I mean, I have the same thoughts everybody else has. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's a there's an old adage, and it says an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Right? You've mm-hmm. heard it before. Right. Well, do you eat an apple a day? Not every day. <laughs> well, yeah, but what if, what if it's that easy? Yeah. Like, what if that's like that? Everything I think of, I think what if. Mm-hmm. What if an apple a day keeps the doctor away? I don't. I don't ever get sick. Mm-hmm. I don't eat an apple a day. But what if I did? How much healthier would I be? Mm-hmm. I. I think that no matter what you want to do, there's always going to be some fear attached to it. But what if you're wrong? Mm-hmm. What if that fear is just you keeping yourself from being successful? Yeah. I think sometimes too, people take that fear and they try to numb it. They try to kind of work around it and either you know over over analyzing stuff can be part of it but i mean you were talking about how you were you know working for the weekend and partying all the time and drinking uh and and so sometimes people will will take that fear and it'll manifest some some way or they'll take stress and they'll manifest it some way else and and so that that's where those dependencies come into play with with alcoholism and, and and the other things that they try to do what would you say to that person who is kind of you I guess that would be what 15 20 years ago that's kind of going working for the weekend who's partying with their buddies and and kind of just floating through life instead of being intentional and and, and trying to pursue that drive that's inside of them and they're trying to numb it instead um i i don't i don't think i said working for the weekend um you, you i think you interpreted that but yeah. i um i've never I've never wanted to work for the weekend, man. So what? So I, I did party and drink a lot, and but I always worked. Like I have a unprecedented work ethic. Like mm-hmm. it's you're not gonna outwork me. Like mm-hmm. that's just how I am. It's and I don't know if it's just because that skill set is so easy to me uh, in the construction industry. It just it's super simple. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much thought for me to go go build a house or frame this or or build something. It just it's just so you know, first nature. But I think that people that have the attitude of let's work for the weekend, I don't know that they're ever going to accomplish anything other right. than what they, their mind is already set for. It's Friday, dude. I cannot, I, I wish that I was a lot more witty because I would love to rip all those people <laughs> that hashtag fry yay. Yeah. Okay. I love Fridays, but you're never going to see me post like, Oh, thank God it's Friday. You know what Friday means to me? Mm-hmm. There's one more day before we take off. Yeah, because we don't work Sunday. We work six days a week. Because I can't, I can't accomplish everything I want to accomplish in life working forty hours a week. Mm-hmm. So, the the person that's that's maybe thinking like that they're they're in a rut. Like, hey, let's be a little bit more diligent. Let's put it. Let's. Here's another quote on my on my wall. Always do a little bit more. Ed Milet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just do a little bit more. And when you do that a little bit more, that's where the difference between success and failure come in, comes into play. That's where diligence comes into play. That's where um, people are going to notice you in your job and start promoting you. That little bit extra, which, I mean, we're talking going that extra mile, if you will. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's an old... Uh, there's a passage in the Bible that talks about going the second mile. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it says that, that, that there's a story of a guy traveling and, you know, carry his pack and then carry the second mile. Like, just do that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think that if everybody just did a little bit more, 
they're going to stand out and then they can get the promotion, they can get all those things that are going to help advance them toward whatever their goal is. But you have to have a goal. It can't mm-hmm. be Friday. Right. I love how you're kind of honing into that you have to have a goal thing because I, I would venture to say most of those people's goal is to hang out with their friends and, and work for that weekend. Um, but a goal I don't think always should just necessarily be a financial goal or a status thing. So we like to talk about in this podcast kind of finding that multifaceted view of success. And I, I view you as a successful person in, in terms of kind of what you've accomplished so far. But I'm curious, what does success look like for you today? I mean, you have some businesses, you have uh, projects that you're doing, you have work ethic, but how do you continually motivate yourself, engage the success that you're trying to accomplish every single day? Um, man, my, I think it's pretty easy. Like my, the reason why my standards are so high is because my, my why I, or my reason is so big. Mm -hmm. So I, I grew up extremely poor. Okay. I was the oldest of six. There just wasn't a lot of money. It just, it, and so that's kind of in my head all the time. Like Mm -hmm. I want, I, I want to become a legacy builder. I am trying to build a lifestyle for my family that that they never have to understand that what I went through. Mm-hmm. And I've got, um, you know, my youngest sister is 18 years younger than me. She has no idea. Like, her life doesn't even match what we went through. So mm-hmm. She basically grew up an only child because she was so much younger than everybody. So when we sit around and talk about, you know, the family get-together, she has no idea. It's like, well, yeah, we we moved around like nine times before I was in second grade. And I think in the, in the bio... Um, the reason why it said I've lived here longer than anywhere before is because I we moved all over the place. So mm-hmm. I finally, my family moved back to Oklahoma in 93. But from the time I was born till 93, I was all over the place. So I've been here now longer than any one place. So like this is where, you know, this is where I live. This is where my businesses are. So I think that's kind of what was meant by that in the beginning. Uh, but my drive is that my kids, man, I, they have to they have to know that they can be anything they want and they mm-hmm. can have anything they want. I'm not going to give them it all, but I'm going to give them the tools. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure going to help them out as much as possible. We talked about it in a previous podcast, but uh, whenever we were out, or I was doing Leadership Tulsa and I was out at uh, the uh, North Maybe Community Center. And uh, the director out there made a statement that, uh, it was kind of hard for me to process at first because, like, that's not a kind of that's not how I was raised in terms of kind of the struggles that that community has. But he basically said something to the effect of, "Kids can only dream as big as what they're able to see." And so, what our job is as leaders and and, and leaders in the community is to allow them to see things that maybe they didn't even think were possible. Expand uh, the ability for them to dream by showing them examples of things that are probably considered audacious goals being accomplished. And so it sounds like kind of you're kind of taking that same approach for your kids saying, you know, with hard work, with having a goal and having that drive, here's what I'm able to accomplish. Here's where I came from, but here's where I've, uh, here's that journey that's gotten me to this point. And then from here on out, here's where we're going from there, because hopefully for them, they look back and say, you know, my dad worked so hard to build a foundation for me and a work ethic for me that they're almost compelled to want to use that uh, to take their life to the next level. The, the concern that I, I, you run into sometimes is that they become complacent, that they become set, and, and they see the hard work that you've accomplished, and they begin to coast. So how do you balance those two things of 
setting that dream and, and, and preparing a path for them so that they don't have to go through the struggle that you did, but at the same time giving them the drive and the desire to push beyond what you are even able to accomplish? That's a trick question. <laughs> Man, I don't have an answer. Yeah. I mean, I've got my kids are young. My son just turned four. My daughter's going to turn seven. I mean, I, I, I don't. I have not projected anything on their life. Like right. they are just going to be who they are. All, all I'm going to do is show them the way. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a. I don't know. What's the old saying? Like you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Like right. all I can do is be an example. Like mm-hmm. this, I'm gonna just keep living my life as an example and hope that they follow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if I, ha- I have an answer for that question. <laughs> well, let me let me change it a little bit then. For you, you talked about being a legacy builder for them and for your family. So what what is the what is the legacy that you want to leave? What does that look like? Because it sounds like you put a lot of kind of thought into what that is. And I'm curious to kind of maybe hopefully inspire some of the audience to, to really define what their legacy can be. Um, I mean, the, the, whole, the, the whole idea of the, of the legacy for me is, um, you know, my, my last name is Coggins. Mm-hmm. When in, in 2009, I started Joel Coggins Construction, my, my accountant said, hey, you need a company name. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, I'll, I'll figure something out. And, you know, I couldn't think of anything cool because, you know, I'm a cool guy. So um, I, I passed, the window passed, and he just made Joel Coggins Construction, filed the paperwork, and I got it in the mail. And mm-hmm. it's been Joel Coggins Construction ever since, mm-hmm. which at first I always think is weird because, you know, business calls. It's like, hey, can I, this is Joel. Hey, I need to speak with somebody at Joel Coggins Construction. I'm like, well, I just don't like saying my name all the time. Like, yeah. So we've abbreviated it to JCC. Uh-huh. Well, it's my name, right? So this company is is me. Mm-hmm. My dad was CF Coggins Company, and now it's Joel Coggins Construction. Like the name is in the it's just a house it's not a household name, that sounds that sounds cheesy. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a name in the in the construction community. So you know, there's three there's three companies in town that are all arguing over who's the oldest. And they're like 113 and 112 and 115 years old. Mm-hmm. Well, what were they doing 114 years ago? You know, what were they doing 104 years ago when they were 10 years old, the same as me? Mm-hmm. Well, that so that's my that's my mindset. And I was like, well, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a company, and I'm going to keep building this thing and growing it because I want at some point my kids to be like, hey, it's 115. No, it's 119 years old. Yeah. Or my or my descendants. Like, the legacy for me is to give them a platform where we're going to carry on something good because mm-hmm. I built a company off of never arguing with a customer. Like I, I, it doesn't matter to me. If you want to argue with me about something, you win. I'm not going to argue with you mm-hmm. because I need my whole business is based off of my name. I need you to tell the next guy, man, this guy built us a great bar. This guy built us a great restaurant. I don't need you saying, Hey, this guy, didn't put the right tile in and wouldn't pay to put the right tile in. Mm-hmm. And this guy is Joel Coggins. Yeah, and this guy, you know, so I, I need, I want everybody to know, like, hey, you can you can call me for whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And if I can help, I'm going to do it. That's so I, I'm building a legacy. I'm going to build a tribe of people that are just willing to do whatever it takes. Awesome. One thing that uh, I was reading in your the bio that you sent over 
uh, that really stood out for me was you talked about you want to be strong, grateful, and giving in your values. What does gratefulness mean to you, and, and how does that kind of how are you able to interweave that in your business? Grateful, mm-hmm. man. Every day I wake up and wonder why. How did I get to where I am? I, I'm the most grateful guy there is. Like, it doesn't make sense that a guy that barely made it through high school, that mm-hmm. dropped out of college, that was had it like, you know, my life was crazy out of control. My own dad fired me. Mm-hmm. Um, and here I am now, you know, 2018, running a multi-million dollar construction company. I own Marie Inc. is a property management company. Mm-hmm. So we we own, we hold and own property as rental units. So we mm-hmm. have commercial buildings and residential. Um, that portfolio is starting to grow. It's it, and it blows my mind whenever I see the reports and review that stuff. It's like, how did I get here? Well. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I'm here. How I got here is because I'm a giver. Mm-hmm. You know, I go to Guts Church. I've been there 14 years. The more you give, the more you will get. Mm-hmm. It is a law of the universe. It's not a some weird religious church ploy to get you to give money. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's a business, right? They're helping me. I'm going to give towards that. If you go to a seminar, if you go to a summit, if you go to a leadership conference, you're going to pay for that conference. So I take my experience with church, and, and instead of thinking, everybody hate everybody has a problem with church. Mm-hmm. Well, no one has a problem with church; they have a problem with people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you get when you clear all that out of, that garbage out of your mind, I'm go, I'm thinking now. Okay, I'm going to go to service. What can I get out of it? I'm not going there to get my parking spot or to get my chair. Like I'm going there thinking, okay. What's he going to say today that's going to change my life? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, there's so many things, but there's one thing that Pastor Bill at Guts Church always says, and it's the way you do anything is the way you do everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, take or leave it. It's, I don't know if that's a law of the universe, but it seems pretty legit. Yeah. You know, the way you start is the way you finish. The way mm-hmm. you do anything is the way you do everything. I mean, it just seems too simple. Yeah. You know, back to what if. What if it's... Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, when you're talking about gratefulness and giving, you're also, there's like a humility in there too. When you're going into a situation like that and you're wanting to learn and you're wanting to uh, uh, take whatever somebody uh, in, in a role of, of, of a teacher is giving, you have to have that humility to kind of be open to some of the things that they're talking about. And so having that gratefulness and having that humility, I think ties all those different things together. Um, one thing that I was kind of thinking about was while I was preparing for this was uh, kind of that role between confidence and cockiness when we're talking about uh, gratefulness. I think that the thing that separates those two because I think they're very closely associated with one another is the confident person is grateful and the cocky person isn't. And so I think people are drawn to that confidence in people, but they're almost expelled by cockiness. Right. And so how do you become that person? that is confident that uh, that people want to associate themselves with that are drawn to instead of repelling them with overconfidence. And I think that gratefulness, that humility and staying grounded and having that desire to learn, that's what's ultimately going to help you be more successful as a leader in what you're doing because it's not just about that single singular thing of I've done this, I've accomplished this, my name's on the building. It's 
my name is on the building, so therefore I take this so seriously because I want to make sure that um, that I'm grateful for what I'm doing, I'm humble in what I'm doing, but also that I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to start it, like you said, start it and finish it the exact same way because for you, your name is your most important thing that you can have. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, a person that's cocky is trying to prove something. Right. I'm not trying to prove anything. Mm-hmm. I, I I am building a legacy. I'm not trying to prove to you that I'm building one. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think there's, I probably, if if that confidence and cocky was like a graph, I probably swerve up and down on that thing a little bit. I, I don't want to admit that I do, but, yeah. and if I am, man, I want to apologize because I don't ever want to be cocky. I don't have anything to prove. Like, here's what I know. Mm-hmm. Here's what I don't know. I don't know a lot more than I know. I, I, I want to learn. So, my confidence comes from, you know, the everything I've learned, I've had to pay full price for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't make the same mistakes that I used to make 10 years ago. I have new sets of mistakes I make, and I don't ever want to make those mistakes again and again. So, you know, being confident is, to me, is just being humble because I, I don't, I, again, I don't need to prove anything. Yeah. Take it or leave it. I mean, I'm just... I'm just trying to provide for my family like everybody else. We just happen to, you know, have continually grow. Right. I mean, I'm growing a company. I'm also growing me personally. I'm, I'm reading and educating myself because I have, I don't really have a formal education. Everything I know or learned, I've watched or read about, I, mm-hmm. you know, or done it wrong. Yeah. Well, I hope the listeners are kind of reading between the lines and, and kind of seeing some of the some of the stories that you've had, some of the experiences that you've gone through, and hopefully they can apply them uh, to their own personal life. If they're trying to get to that next level, I think there's a lot of stuff interwoven into to everything that you're saying there. So I appreciate you taking the time to speak to the audience, to kind of share your, your actual story. One of the things I always like to do as we kind of close out a podcast is give you an, an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. And this is kind of your message to young business leaders. And it's really uh, an, an opportunity for you to, to kind of look at that younger version of yourself, that 25-year-old version of yourself, and kind of impart some of the things that you've learned along your journey or something that you wish somebody had told you uh, along the way. So what would you say your message is to young business leaders? Uh, man, just make the mistakes. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you're not making any mistakes, you're, I don't, you're not doing, you're doing everything wrong. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way that you can go through life without making a mistake you have to learn from the mistakes i tell i tell one of my foremen all the time is like every every answer every question you come at me with Mm -hmm. i'm going to answer that with good yeah okay he's going to call me up uh and say hey uh what's something that he would say hey man i got bad news we you know something fell and broke a window my answer is going to be good Mm -hmm. okay let's pay more attention let's be a little bit more cautious let's learn a lesson how much is the window going to cost me like Mm -hmm. The answer is going to be good, okay? Let's learn. Let's reevaluate. Let's take the time and invest in ourselves. If you're young and you're an entrepreneur, man, stay up late. Figure it out. Get up early. Figure it out. Uh, I just recently heard this term. I've never heard it before. Sixth day. Mm-hmm. Like these, these guys work yeah. on the sixth day. They're like building their dream on the sixth day. I had to ask what that was. I just assumed it was working on Saturdays, which we have done in the construction business. We just work all the time. Yeah. <laughs> if it rains, you can't work. If it's if it's not raining, you work. You make up. So six day, man, that's great. 
if you're a six day guy, then do it. Yeah. Just do it. What if all it takes is one more day? Yeah. What if? Hopefully that's a question that you're asking yourself or, or as you're listening to the, you're continuing to ask yourself because the answer to that question is either going to be yes or no, but it, the option lies in there, that, that the possibility is actually there as opposed to it being a definite no with a what if, that, that opportunity for it to actually be accomplished. If you're willing to do the work and, and put the effort into it, you can actually change that what if to an actual valid thing or, or, or a tangible thing. So with that, Joel, man, Thank you so much for taking the time to, to speak to the audience uh, and, and share your what-ifs, to share your, your advice of, of going out there and making the mistakes and, uh, and, and really challenging people to build a legacy. Listeners, remember, choose to connect, seek development, and be inspired. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.